Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Welcome back to another mini episode of Highly Enthused. Woo! Where are you at the moment, Sophie? I am back with parents. Went back to Sydney for Great. the week and yeah, just something to do. Came back on the weekend. <laughs> Great. Sophie and I have both been on reading kicks since this isolation started. As we discussed last week, uh, Somo has been finding sunny patches to lie down in and read. Um, And so this week we thought we would talk about ultimate comfort reads, the books that are just easy to pick up and slip into and don't take too much thought. And to do that, we have our pal and ultimate comfort reading expert, Hannah Rose Yee, here to tell us all her favorite comfort books. Welcome, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here on my favorite podcast. The pandemic has brought you back to our shores. It's a good, it's a good silver lining. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For us, anyway. (laughs) Maybe not for you. (laughs) So I've got a little bio about you that I'm going to uh, read out to the the pod verse. But you, Hannah, you're a writer and a podcaster who has just moved back to Sydney after two years in London. You have written for so many publications, it was really hard to hunt them all down because there are so many, but GT, Gourmet Traveller, Vogue Australia and Man Repeller, personal favourite. And you have also interviewed so many fun celebrities like Emma Thompson, Margot Robbie and another (laughs) favourite... Elizabeth Moss? She's amazing. That's so cool. What was she like? She was amazing. That was the last interview I did in London, actually. So it feels like a relic of an old life. But yeah, she's so thoughtful, so cool. You know, just was really happy to just chat and didn't have a publicist in the room, which is always a plus. Um, That is a plus. We're also missing your podcast, Hannah, which was centred on what it means to be an Asian woman in today's world, Three Dumplings. What happened to it? It was so great. I know. I miss doing it too. It was one of those things where it was me and two other um, Asian women who both live in London and we are not as skilled as the Sophies are in remote recording and um, I I worry. (laughs) I think we're kind of hamstrung by the fact that I now live on the other side of the world but um, we all really want to do it again and there's always so much to talk about and I just did an Instagram live with Peony Lim who was one of the co-hosts of the podcast and it was like being on a podcast again and I was like oh I miss this but We'll see. Yeah. You never know. I can teach them in the ways of remote recording now, um, mm, thanks to your tutorials. So. Nice. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about why I thought you would be perfect as a guest on our podcast. One, obviously you're charming and hilarious, but you are honestly one of my top Instagram book follows because I feel like you are always reading something that I haven't heard of and seems fun and you're not afraid to read some kind of outrageous, ridiculous books as well as like the serious ones that, you know, um, are more like literary, I guess. So I was wondering if you can talk a little bit about what your like favourite genres of fiction are and what ones you find the most comforting. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, well, <laughs> I think I find books that have a formula comforting, by which I mean anything that is in a genre that really is like built from building blocks. So like crime, mysteries, uh, spy books, which are my personal favourite genre. Um, And I've got a pretty rogue spy pick (laughs) later on in the episode. That's a little signpost for you. And also romance novels, um, everything that kind of just progresses in a way that is um, straightforward and 
I think that is so comforting. And I just find that, like you said in the introduction, those are the kinds of books that don't require too much of you and then you can ease into like a bath. And that's what I want to be reading right now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Book lasagna. (laughs) Built in layers. The dish of the pandemic and this episode, I feel like, really mesh well. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, should we get into it? We've asked Hannah to come to us with five steaming squares of lasagna books today. Um, The (laughs) ultimate comfort reading during this time. What do we got up first? So my first pick is maybe my favourite book um, ever. I don't know if I can make that claim, but... um, this book is really close to my heart. I love it so much. Um, and it's called Circle of Friends by Maeve Finchie. And it is just the most beautiful, delicious, Julia Tertian, uh, tomato and ricotta lasagna um, that will never <laughs> steer you wrong. <laughs> so it is a coming-of-age story, which is a genre I love as well, and another very formulaic genre, even if the kind of elements of it will differ book to book, that kind of overarching story structure will stay the same. And this one is really about two best friends called Benny and Eve from a small town in Ireland who go to Dublin for university where they meet boys for the first time. And that is a very (laughs) exciting prospect for both of them. And it's set in the 50s, so it's kind of got this, you know, some themes of religion um, that are involved in it and also just like kind of the, the... position of women in society in the 50s is uh, different to now um thankfully but um <laughs> in some ways um Sorry, yeah. but and I love this book so much because it is really all about Benny's kind of big dreams for her life and how she wants to get out of her town and she wants to go to university which no one in her family has ever done before and she wants to fall in love and they're very small things really but they're kind of everything and um her ambitions are just so large and I love that she is so um in tune with what she wants but the other thing I really love about it and I think it's important to mention is that um Benny is always described in the book as quote big and I think that's something to flag because I am not someone who is sort of an average size person myself and I feel like I always read books where the women were always small and that kind of smallness was equated with sort of a rich internal life and coolness and I just felt so seen when I read this book when I was a teenager that this kind of like bigger girl had this guy called Jack Foley who is the rugby player and the like most popular man at university. Kind of I mean, a cad, her. but dreamy. <laughs> a total cad, but he is just in love with her and he loves her for who she is. And I just felt that was the most beautiful thing. And so it is a lovely book. And I think that you will love it if you read it. I think you've read it, Sophie Roberts, right? I've read it and I read it at a time when I really needed a comforting book and it definitely yes. served that purpose. I think Ireland is maybe one of the more comforting settings for yes, a book, you know? Yes, agree. There's so many <laughs> good yeah. settings in Ireland these days, I find. Mm. Like, it's... lots of great writing coming out of Ireland. Obviously, Sally Rooney, but... Yeah, Maeve Finchie is kind of the amazing benchmark for women's fiction writers, and she has, um, you know, was doing it for a really long time, and she's kind of the person that then clears the way for, you know... Uh, I've now forgotten the author's name, but, um, oh, Marion Keyes. So you kind of like get your Marion Keyes's, yeah, coming (laughs) out of a very Maeve Finchie mold. So if you like Marion Keyes, you're going to, you're going to love Maeve Finchie is what I'm saying. Yeah. So what's number two on your list? Okay. Number two on my list is a book called Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston. This book, 
Oh, my God. So it is <laughs> a very smart, very sexy romance novel about Alex, the son of the president of America, who also happens to be the first female president, and he has a secret affair with Prince Henry of England. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I love it. The premise of this book is amazing, number one. Number two, it is dealing with questions of bisexuality and race and politics in this very nuanced way that is fantastic and it's also completely absolutely filthy and um (laughs) I feel like romance is a genre that really helps in times like this and um it is a total balm for the soul a lube if you and (laughs) yes exactly Yeah, and you know, like, the sex scenes in this are something out of this world. And, yeah, I mean, like, maybe if you are like me, single, quarantining on your own, I would not recommend reading such a filthy book with such (laughs) (laughs) hardcore sex scenes. But then also maybe, you know what, if you've got the tools, um, then maybe (laughs) you should read it. listen to our podcast we've recommended some tools go back and i know so this is um this is a pretty special book romance novels don't always come like this uh so to speak and um it's it's pretty great and it was published last year she's working on another one um not in the series but it's about sort of like a house full of people and the couples that form in that house and I will read anything she writes from now on because I think she is just the most fabulous writer and it is a real skill to write sex the way that she does so um that is a massive massive plus for me adds to cart adds to yes (laughs) 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 book number three is the Caslay Chronicles by Elizabeth Jane Howard. Um, You're technically and, cheating because this is like five. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But it's so, I think sometimes, especially now, we, you know, some of us have a bit more time on our hands. If you've always wanted to dig into a big series, now is kind of the time to do it. And there are five books in this series and they're all quite chunky books, which is going to be really good right now because you've got the time to read them all in one go, which, I mean, I wish I'd done that. I had to kind of space it out over the course of three years and so I wish I'd had the ability to read them all together because I think I would have enjoyed it even more. But basically these books are about a family, the Casales, and it is about their life in England. It starts just before the war and then it kind of like goes three generations into the future. So you're starting with sort of like the main core family and by the last book, which is called All Change, which this will either make you want to read it or not. Camilla Parker Bowles is currently reading right now in her quarantine in um, Claret's house. But by All Change, you're kind of looking at the third generation down. And I think what I love about these books is that there is so many characters in it and so much happens and it spans such a massive period of time and a lot of change in society and change for the family but you feel so in tune to each character and each character's life and and where that life is going to take them. And that is such a skill when you have something like 30 main characters um, in a book like this to kind of make you feel like you know each and every one of them so intimately. I think what's amazing is you know sometimes when you read those multi-books and they switch to a character and you're like, ugh, I don't like this character. I don't want to have to follow this one. Her writing is so good that you are so sad to leave a character's perspective but then you're so excited to get into the new character's perspective. Like you don't have that feeling of like, ugh, just got to like get through the section to like get back to a good one. Totally. And it feels so cinematic in a way that makes me shocked that they've never 
there was sort of a very shortly lived television series, I think maybe in the nineties, but like, this is crying out to be a really lavish, expensive BBC show. Um, and I, I look forward to that day when it eventually comes. Um, but I've been rewatching Downton Abbey during this lockdown and I kind of think that it's for similar reasons, which is that you just get involved in this very big family and this very big house um, with all these very big characters and you just are so in love with each and every one of them. So, yeah. Number four, what we all got? Right. So book number four is a non-fiction book called I'll Have What She's Having by Erin Carlson and it is um, a book about the three most recognisable films of Nora Ephron who um, I think a lot of people are watching those movies now in isolation. They're watching When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. And this book is just an amazing, like if you love oral histories, you know, on the New York Times where all the celebrities and the writers and the, you know, assistants are all interviewed and they talk about the movie, this is basically like a book-length version of oral histories about these three incredible movies. So if you love her films, this book is just the most amazing piece of work that you'll just dive into and gobble up um and I just think what I love about it for comfort is that it's just so full of these details that make you enjoy the films even more um so some of them that I love is like for example on the set of you've got mail Nora was like running around demanding that a very certain type of avocado be bought (laughs) to be used in that egg salad with the caviar garnish in the dinner party scene oh, yes <laughs> yes my favorite she like, scene <laughs> she's like yelling at an assistant being like oh these avocados has and I was like this is the correct <laughs> question Nora she's like the script said has if it's not has I don't want it here and I was like oh my god I love her and um and then also you know when Harry Met Sally originally had a very different ending um it actually had a had a a sad ending and they didn't end up together and then the director Rob Reiner was introduced to his new wife by Nora on the set of the movie and suddenly he had this like no all movies should be happy like all romances are happy I'm in love they should be in love and so he made Nora sort of like rewrite this new ending that is like just the most wonderful ending of all time and have you seen that documentary about Nora Ephron everything is copy yes yes Yes. and it is so good yeah I really want to watch that I've had it on my list for ages looks great oh do it but you'll cry it's really beautiful and really sad yeah but really beautiful but really sad (laughs) I know (laughs) but so it's worth it it's still worth watching it's sad in a cathartic way the tears are the tears are worth it yes exactly all right Hannah we got your final comfort book what is it okay so the last book is the roguest on this whole list but the heart (laughs) wants what the heart wants and let me tell you what it wants it wants spy novels in particular, the Gabriel Allon series by a man called Daniel Silver. So, once again, <laughs> thwarting the top five requirement and giving us a full series of books. I was like, if the Sophies are opening up that secret garden and allowing me into their hallowed space, I'm going to pollute that beautiful Maison Balzac kind of incense-scented Alison Roman area with my spy novel from your dad's library list. So these books are definitely something that your dad reads. My dad reads them. That's why I have started reading them. And they there are 22 of them, and there's a 23rd coming out in August, as there always is. They come out every August like clockwork. 
I know it's the exact same weekend every year. I know to block off that weekend so that I can read my Daniel Silver and get my fix. Oh my God, what an amazing Gabriel career Alon. as a writer. Like you've got such a schedule. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So they're about this uh, man called Gabriel Alon who is a painter and an art restorer turned crack assassin for Mossad. And um, <laughs> like the Cazalet Chronicles, it spans a really enormous period of time. It kind of starts, I think, in the 70s, but, you know, now the current ones are set today. So he's now the head of Mossad, actually. He's no longer just a sort of like cog in the wheel. He's the boss. You know, that changes things enormously. But I think what is comforting about them is the fact that they are always the same. And I mean that as an utmost compliment. You know, every book begins with Alon sitting in first class on an LL flight to Israel, going into an unmarked room at Ben Gurion Airport to be debriefed by, you know, his boss about the latest assignment before he returns home to his beautiful Venetian wife, Chiara, who's made him this dish of spaghetti vongolet and, um, you know, has poured out a beautiful glass of Pinot Grigio for him. And I just love the fact that the books are always the same in the sense that you know what you're getting and you know that it's going to be beautiful locations all around the world and crazy crimes that have to be solved by any means necessary and I like the kind of espionage element to it so it kind of is less about like a murder mystery or whatever and it's more about sort of like big kind of diplomatic issues that have to be resolved I mean if you're kind of someone who is a John le Carré fan or if you if if you like Donna Leon which is like an amazing set of um sort of murder mysteries that are all set in Venice um you'll probably like this because it's all about the finer things in life just happens to have kind of amazing world-spanning spy stuff going on as well can you start at any book or do you have to start at the beginning so you can definitely start at any book I mean it helps to have the early books read because you understand a bit of his tortured backstory because that is very key to understanding the man that he's today but my my favorite one is portrait of a spy which is it's like say in London I guess that's why I love it so much but basically him and um, Chiara his beautiful Venetian wife with um, sort of a tumble of red curls much younger very good at cooking um, <laughs> they go to it for a romantic weekend in London but you know of course it's never there's no such thing as a romantic weekend away when you're a spy and an assassin and um, he prevents a suicide <laughs> bomb attack in Covent Garden and suddenly is drawn into a web of international intrigue, intrigue. and espionage yeah amazing spy is something that I don't read like I it's not in my like literary orbit so maybe I would love it I've never really tried these ones are super fun because they just kind of feel like you're you're reading a kind of you know amazing movie amazing what a list Thank you. I have so many more on my list now, which always happens whenever I interact with you in any way, Hannah. So Sophie and I are both going to give one of our favourite recs each. And then just so you all know, if you sign up to our newsletter at highlyenthused.substack.com, Hannah is going to send us through five more favourites that will include, so you'll have to sign up to get those. But Sophie, what is one of your favourite comfort reads? Well, this is actually a book that I read super recently during this period of downtime. And I know it's a total classic. It's been around for years, but I'd never actually read it. My sister has always talked about it. Dolly Alderton goes on about this book and this author all the time. And I finally read it and I was just like wrapped up in this cocoon it's david nichols's one day oh my god have you read it's a lot it's so much (laughs) it's so much 
I think it's kind of like that cathartic thing that you mentioned. Like, it's so devastating, but so, I don't know, it just sucks you in. And you're, I was so engrossed in it and so invested in this story and, like, could not put this book down. And when it came to the end, I was just absolutely, like, wrung out at the end. But I, I kind of love that. Like, I love feeling so enveloped in a story and then completely like spat out like my life has changed at the end of it (laughs) I find that so comforting if anyone hasn't read it it's basically a chronicle of this relationship between two people who start at the last day of of university in Edinburgh and basically they never properly connect to be a couple and the book is like one day on the same date every year I think for 20 years is it something like that it's a long time it's a long time (laughs) so you are with this couple as they like fuck around and have all these near misses and ups and downs for so long and it was a journey a real journey but one that I just loved and I'm really glad I went through so (laughs) what is it about sometimes actually getting to feel someone else's feelings is really releasing where you're like well this isn't happening to me so I'm just gonna lean in and just be ruined It's like, um, it's completely distracting. I think that's what's so comforting about it. You're just like, I haven't thought about anything else for like a week now. (laughs) (laughs) It's so engrossing. I loved it. What have you got, Soro? Well, I have got a classic that I actually have reread twice in the last six months. It is I Capture the Castle by Dodie Smith. Twice in six months Uh, is very, a lot, is a lot. I know. So I found my copy... I know. I found my old copy of it at my parents' house at Christmas, so I read it then and, like, took it home immediately. And then I read it. I was really struggling to concentrate. I started, like, being isolated, and when I was working from home, I just couldn't focus. And this just kind of kick-started my brain again because I didn't have to worry about what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen, so I could just read. I would say the word for this book is swoony. It's just, it's written in diary format. Main characters live in a dilapidated castle in rural England. It's like post-war. There's these handsome, wealthy American brothers who swoop in and poor sisters just desperate to grow up and have exciting lives. My favourite is they have this like daffy stepmother, Topaz. (laughs) the greatest name for a stepmother ever who's like very artistic and likes to go and commune with nature in the nude and they keep talking about how she's middle-aged and how she was once beautiful and I was like oh yeah and I was like oh my god she's like 32 (laughs) the character is 32 and they're like once she was young now her faded beauty I was like Jesus I'm so So old like I am the old stepmother but anyway what I think is really critical for my personal favorite style of comfort readers they spend a lot of time describing the meals they're eating and the clothes they're wearing like just like I don't know those kinds of details just really soothe me so much so it's written um, from the perspective of the younger sister in this family called Cassandra and then she's writing it in a journal and then the end of the book is where she's like hopelessly in love and she doesn't know if it's gonna work out and it's just so wonderful and just reminds you of that feeling when you're like 17 
and you just want your life to start and you feel like it might be about to start. Anyway, it's just wonderful. Every time makes me feel so happy to read. Oh, that sounds great. It is great. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute treat getting comfortable with you on our bookshelves. You've made me Um, want to read I Capture the Castle again. um, As we said, you can sign up at highlyenthused.substack.com where you'll have all of these wonderful, comforting books as well as some bonus recommendations from Hannah. You can follow us on Instagram at highlyenthused or you can send us a nice little love note, highlyenthused at gmail.com. That's about it. Get reading, guys. Great time. Bye. (laughs) Bye.